With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the That's Good Sports podcast. I am here with Will Keys. Will, I this is the second time we've done the intro, so that's right. What do What do you do, Will? Well, I write for your website. Um, other than that, I just graduated college about a week ago, so um, living that post grad semi employed life currently at my parents' house. Um, that's a fun life. Yeah, yeah. For for a while, for a limited time only, but. <laughs> Uh, that's right. So Will's writing articles at that'sgoodsports.com. Uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, please do. We're updating it every week. We're putting content up there. I don't even know how many people are fucking watching it or reading our stuff yet. Possibly millions. Possibly millions. We're going to assume it's millions of people yes. and that nobody's commenting on the articles or telling us about them yet. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's nothing to say, really. <laughs> right. When they're all perfect. So uh, I asked Will to write for me because, uh, one, he knows a lot about sports, football specifically, uh, which is important. But, two, he has a really good sense of humor. His writing is pretty funny. I feel like it uh, fits with what I'm already doing. So that's another reason to check it out. Uh, next week we may get Will a desk lamp so that uh, yeah. he looks less dark, Ominous. red. Yeah. Uh, orangey. He's got some bright light coming in behind him. That's okay. We're gonna we're gonna leave you as a, a silhouette right well, now. Well, yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, um, I'm gonna punch out a sunroof in the ceiling. I don't know how it's gonna work because there's an attic directly above me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. Sounds like you'll be doing uh, punching out two sunroofs. Correct. So. Correct. Um. All right. Well, this is uh, the first. First podcast we're doing together, uh, we have a rundown, not really a format, so we'll see how this works. Uh, and we'll just get we're started. We're going to do our best. Yeah. And we're going to talk about, uh, today we're talking about the Broncos and the NFL. So it'll be Broncos first and then NFL talk. Uh, I don't know what, what you want to hear, but those are, are the two things we're discussing. Yeah, chime in too if you listen to this and, and tell us what you want to hear. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to some like listener questions down the road if we yeah. uh, if we have listeners. You know, that's the number one thing. I think we'll call it we'll call it something real original, like uh, yes, mailbag. <laughs> yeah the uh, the listener questions portion of the podcast sponsored right. by UPS. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, all right. So do you want to, you want to start this? Do you want to, how do we want to do this? Yeah, I'll start it off. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So we're going to get into the Broncos news to begin with. Um, this one isn't really football related, but uh, the general manager and of course, Hall of Fame quarterback, John Elway failed to qualify for the senior U.S. Open. Brandon, what do you think about that? Uh, oh yeah. I heard something about this. Bad news. I don't, I, honestly, I don't really care. I don't really care. <laughs> oh, hold on. I don't really care what John Elway does on the golf course. Uh, well, that makes one of us, sir. I care. Why do you care? What's in, what, why did you deem this uh, important enough for us to discuss? Yeah. Well, I feel like when you hit the age of 50, and I think John Elway's, what, 57 now? I only know that because he's my dad's age, but um, <laughs> I, I feel like your reputation is half like what you do on the golf course on the, between the, between the links, I think as the, as the golfers like to say. Um, so yeah, you know, you want to, you want a GM that's an alpha that's going to alpha other GMs into trades and you know, you what think- better way to do that than on the golf course? You think if his golf game's strong, he can strong arm other GMs by beating their ass on the golf course. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, uh, do you think Mark Davis has a good golf game? I, I don't think so. I don't think Mark Davis can play any game well. No. <laughs> to be fair, he's not even the general manager either. Uh, I think he just hangs out at P.F. Chang's for, like, most of the day. <laughs> hey, P.F. Chang's is delicious. Oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here, not here to argue Chang's- that. Maybe the most delicious chain restaurant. There. Yes. But that's another I, podcast. That's a story for a different day. Yeah, we're saving that for the uh, chain restaurants episode, <laughs> which will come soon, I'm sure. If you had to pick one game that you think Mark Davis would be good at, oh, okay. what is it? I'm going to go with uh, like a bar game, like either shuffleboard or like cornhole. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it definitely wouldn't be a game, a, like a, a, a brain game. No, <laughs> no, not, not a brain game indeed. Um, yeah, he, he strikes me as a guy that like uh, when he hears the word cornhole, like he giggles a little bit. Um, I feel like he played – because he, um, he went to Chico State in Northern California. Oh. And so I heard that it's like it has a reputation in California as being the biggest party school. Oh, really? Um, yeah, which I can confirm, having visited once or twice. Um, but back in Mark Davis's day, which was, I don't know, I assume like the 70s or the early 80s, he almost got kicked out of Chico State, which is like, I mean, that's like being, uh, that's like being too bad for like Alcatraz. Right, it's like being the toughest guy in prison. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, yeah, I would assume that he knows all the bar games in and out. Yeah. Okay. That's. That, yeah. I didn't know any of that. That makes me respect uh, Mark Davis a little more. And by a little, a little more, bit. I mean I had almost none. <laughs> yeah. More. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how long he's had that haircut. By the way, that's. I don't know how you keep going to the going to the barber after that. I know how you do it. You have uh, a billion dollars in your bank account, and you go. I suppose. I can look as ugly as possible and I'm still going to get laid because yeah. I'm a billionaire. Yeah, because my, my dad um, used to coach the Raiders and somehow connived his way into owning the team. So, this, hey. I mean, I know we have a rundown, 
but I think this is a good trend, a good transition to talk about uh, what what Nikki Jabala uh, said on Twitter today about yes. Beth Bolin, the daughter of Pat. Uh, she stated she wants the to be the controlling owner of the Denver Broncos. And speaking of like Mark Davis getting the Raiders from his dad Al Davis, and I don't know a lot about all of the Bolin children. Uh, I know John Bolin, right? He's one who's gotten in trouble quite a few times. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I would imagine that – and Pat had – there's seven kids right now. So I would imagine at least six of those children would be better at running the Broncos than Mark Davis has been at running the Raiders. Um, I would have to assume so. I would have to assume. So and uh, it, I mean, it's, it's a similar situation in that the team's going to maybe go to one of uh, the children. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about hearing this? Uh, Nikki, of course, writes for The Athletic, so you can't read the whole article unless nope. you pay for The Athletic, which I yeah. did to get the inside scoop. Um, yeah. and then, I, I dutifully read the uh, first two paragraphs um, and, and got all the information <laughs> that I needed to write uh, that part of the rundown. Um, but <laughs> – I think the good news is that the ownership will stay in the family. And I think that's all, that's what we all wanted. Um, there are like rumors a couple years ago, I think that, you know, Stan Kroenke might be interested because I think he owns the Nuggets. Yeah. But someone he, in Denver. Yeah, he would have had to give up control of uh, the Rams. Cause yeah. Two NFL teams. Yeah, which doesn't seem like something he'd want to do now that the Rams are right. uh, really getting themselves situated. All in. <laughs> yeah, truly all or nothing. The year after that, they were on the program, all or nothing. <laughs> this year, it, it, it's actually true. Ah, it's just a joke, you guys. You know, now we're serious. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's a good idea. Um, probably not the best idea to give it to John. Um, I don't know what Annabelle Bolin does except for like being every trophy presentation. Um, yeah. So yeah. No, I, th- I think it's a good move. Yeah. Right now. I mean, the Broncos are being run by three trustees, which is Pat Bolin and a couple guys. I'm sorry, not Pat. Uh, uh, God damn it. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh, so Joe Ellis. Yeah. Sorry. Joe Ellis and two yeah. other guys you've never heard of. And obviously I couldn't remember right. Joe Ellis's name. So who, what the fuck do I know? Uh, exactly. Those are the, the trustees that, that basically run the team. And in that article, uh, basically the, the trustees said they want to reiterate that they don't think Beth Bolin is ready and or capable of running the team. Um, so I think there's like all this criteria that the, the next child needs to meet to be considered to run the team. And the trustees sent a letter to Annabelle uh, Bolin saying that even if the child meets this criteria, we in no way are obligated to award the team to them. So I, I think if this happens, it's not going to be soon um, and that this process is kind of crazy. But I think the reason it's, it's important is because Pat Bolin was such a good owner for the Denver Broncos. Yes. Who ends up running this team moving forward is, I think, extremely important to the success of the organization. Um, and it feels right now like the trust doesn't want to give up that control, or they want to be very careful about which uh, child they do hand the team over to and want to make sure that that person is the best choice. And there's no way for us to know that. 
they either want to keep keep it for themselves, uh, which it seems like they can do for as long as they want. And I think Roger Goodell sort of gave them the the go ahead uh, in talking about it this off season. Um, or they they have the best interest in, in in the team, and you don't know. We don't know. There's no way to know. <laughs> there is no way to know. But you know what? I I appreciate the cautious approach. Uh, probably best not to just sell your NFL franchise to um, just anybody who uh, walks <laughs> up and asks for it. Right. Um, I don't think I'd be capable of owning um, even a you know like a single a minor league baseball team, let alone the Denver Broncos. So I assume that there's some, you know, there's some business acumen that comes along with uh, being a good NFL owner, but yeah, that's in part of the requirements too. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, But I think there's like a, a a deeper thing here that owning an NFL team, you have to be willing to play ball with the NFL. You have to be, so in addition to the Broncos trust, they're going to have to be approved by the NFL and yep. uh, the NFL has a certain type of person they want running NFL organizations. And it's, I think exactly what just happened to the Panthers and why David Tepper, I think that's the guy he's a yeah. head fund owner who got, got to buy the team and they didn't give it to, you know, P Diddy and Steph Curry, which everybody wanted <clears throat> to see. Um, so yeah. I think that'll even beyond the Broncos trust. I think that'll play a big part in what actually fucking happens with the ownership of the team. Yeah, it seems like the NFL's kind of been cultivating uh, an old boys club among yeah. their ownership. Even though it's not all old boys, there's some old girls as well. Um, I think in Chicago and uh, I, I think Georgia Frontier might still have something to do with the Rams. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, they're, uh, they like people that think and will vote, more importantly, right? Uh, the same way as the rest of the owners and won't cause too much of a stir. Um, I think people are probably upset at Jed York, who's one of the youngest owners, I think, for abstaining in that. Um, I don't know if it was a vote or just kind of like a, a general consensus regarding yeah. the, the national anthem. That whole thing was confusing, too, because yeah. we heard there was a vote, and then they were like, no, 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 there was never an yeah. actual vote. And then Jed York's like, I abstained from the vote. You can't uh, abstain if there's not a vote at all. I abstained from yeah. not yeah. voting in the not vote. Uh, Indeed. It is opposite day here at the NFL meeting. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that whole debacle is just fucking stupid, too. Correct. Uh, but we can talk about that later, I guess, if we even do. I know anytime you talk about the anthem, it just it, yeah. half the people agree with you and the other half are just like, fuck you, I'm done watching yeah. this channel, you idiot. Yeah, so what's what's half of zero listeners right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's how many we're going to be losing. question I am not yeah. prepared to answer. But. Well, correct answer is you can't divide by zero, so you should have just said nothing. So correct answer by you. I abstain from answering. <laughs> yeah, no, good choice. All right, should we uh, should we get back into OTAs, which yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. just just finished up, or maybe not? I don't know. I don't know how it works. I'm not really. Uh, I don't pay attention to the NFL schedule until like at least mini July. camp. I think. Yeah, probably probably training camp to be. More yeah, what's there? There's a mini camp in in June. And Typically, training yeah. camp will start July. Uh, yeah, these OTAs are they're just they're workouts for the guys. It's essentially. Like it, 
it's important for the team to get together and do some practice, all that bullshit. But in terms of gaining any knowledge about the team, you're getting nothing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They, yeah, I don't read too much into it either. Like, I've hardly talked about it at all. Um, yeah, it just seems like kind of a formality. Um, although I will change my tune if we ever talk about Tom Brady skipping OTAs. Then it's the most important thing for team right. chemistry and team building. Um, yeah, just, I mean, he's never, he's never skipped it before. You know? Yeah, and you know what? He's also never had a losing record as a quarterback uh, during his season as well. So maybe things are going to change this year. That's what everybody's hoping. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know I am. But um, uh, one big item of news that came out of OTAs was uh, Demarcus Ware was back, at least temporarily, as a guest coach slash observer. Oh, man, and did that get Broncos fans hard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they loved yeah. seeing DeMarcus Ware there. Not only did it get them hard, it gave them a chub. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cool. I'm glad he went. Everybody's been – I mean, people have been talking about it happening, I feel like, for the last month. Yeah. Uh, I, and honestly, I feel like DeMarcus Ware is actually one of the, the few, like, former players that I feel like – could come back and offer a lot just by being there and, and coaching uh, players uh, and talking to him because I think he did that as a, a member of the Denver Broncos right. on the team. You know, his leadership we all realized was valuable. So I do think it's cool he's there, and I think some of the young players uh, will have things to take away from him being there. But I'll be more excited excited if – he shows up and does this again in, you know, July and in the preseason when I think he can be there a little bit longer and hopefully offer a little bit more. I don't know if he will do it because he's got a pretty cush job with the NFL Network right now. And right. honestly, if you could just sit in a studio and make a shit ton of money or go guest coach, which I'm guessing is for <laughs> very little money, I would choose making a lot of money doing what you and I are doing right now, honestly. Exactly, exactly. The only difference is we never played in the NFL as far as I know. Right. And safe to assume. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not in a studio in Culver City, also as, I, as far as I know. Yeah, as your, uh, your backlight would indicate. <laughs> I, I'm getting a pro lighting team in uh, this time, by this time next week. So yeah. I forgot to turn my light on. Oh, uh-oh. Mm. Mm, I don't know see. what looks better though. Might be too bright. Ooh. Yeah. I'll leave it stick. off. <laughs> I'll leave it off. We'll ask the fans what they think. <laughs> yeah. How much of Brandon Perno do you really want to see? I wish I had a deeper V neck so they could see more. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I think um as the summer goes along, the neck necklines are gonna get deeper and deeper. So yeah. people have that to look forward to. My office is hot, so I because it's upstairs. So I try to keep. I have like Correct. one neck, and I just wear it every day in my office. There you go. Just the the emergency V neck for right. when you're upstairs. Heat does rise, as people tend to say. Um, so we've got other OTA news, and that is the the fact that Case Keenum will be holding a passing camp in Houston once OTAs are done. Huge so I, yeah, I, massive news. I was thinking about this, and you know how Mark Sanchez always did like his Southern California passing camp when he was with like the Jets, and then that one year, not even a whole year, but like that one off season, he was in Denver. Um, right. I think that's yeah. I think that's the only 
place where Mark Sanchez has Case Keenum beat in anything. Is with his passing camps? Yeah, I think I'd rather spend the passing camp in uh, in L.A. Than Other in than Houston? Yeah. Yeah, especially in the summer. No shit. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is from Houston, so you know he'll be happy right. to go down there. Gary Kubiak uh, as well. Kubiak. Um, I don't think Kubiak can show up, though, to the passing True. camp. True. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Depends on what his role is, but yeah. Last year, the Denver media—I don't know how much you listened to it—but uh, they tried to make a huge deal of Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon not putting on a passing camp. Were you? Oh yeah, I kind of remember that that yeah. talk. So I think that's why this is a big story. Mm-hmm. Passing camps are good. I mean, I think it builds chemistry with your quarterback and his receivers. Um, but. Other than that, unless Case Keenum plays great during the season, I don't think it means much. Uh, and it's just another thing I didn't get invited to. Yeah. That's, I, can, you know. I can run routes. You can't have enough ball catchers at one of those passing camps. I've been checking my email just about every day waiting for that invite from Case. Also checking my real mailbox waiting for that invite <laughs> from Case. And <laughs> Out to the mailbox. Yes. yes. Maybe he sends letters. High hopes. Handwritten I, letters. Uh, it, he he would be the guy to do that, I think. In the year tw- in the year 2018, I think Case Keenum might be the only one out of the 32 starting quarterbacks that handwrites his letters. <laughs> Here, I mean, here's a question: Do you think Case Keenum is gonna be good this season? <laughs> it's a big question. It's a big one. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, if we're comparing it to the quarterbacking that we've gotten in the last two seasons, yeah, I think he'll be pretty good. Um, I don't know that he's going to be quite as good as he was last year in Minnesota um, when he had – I don't know how, like – it kind of comes down to, like, how do you think Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in their, you know, eighth or ninth seasons compared to guys like Stephon Diggs and Adam right. Thielen on the outside. And, like, if you got a guy like Jake Butt who can step up and be kind of a Kyle Rudolph type – and if yeah. there's a lead running back that emerges, because he's he's definitely a guy that um, kind of goes as his supporting cast goes um, and as his coaching staff goes, as we saw um, with, like, all or nothing or hard knocks when he was, at, when he was with the uh, L.A. Rams. Like, he was kind of a disaster because the coaching staff was a disaster right. and the offensive line was a disaster, and they didn't get anything out of Todd Gurley. So I think if um, we can put the pieces around him, so to speak, I think he's going to be just fine. Plenty serviceable. Maybe not, you know, a top five quarterback in the AFC, but like somewhere perfectly in the middle, which should be good enough, I think. If he's 15 or higher on the list, I mean lower, so 14, yeah. 13. If he's in that range, it's a huge improvement for the Broncos. Um, right. Jake Butt basically needs to turn into Kyle Rudolph. Um, Emmanuel Sanders and DT, uh, I mean, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen were great. They're young. They're still, I think, explosive. But I think the Broncos kind of addressed that in the draft with Sutton and Hamilton. Yeah. I think Hamilton uh, will have a big role in the offense with Keenum. I think he might become basically what Adam Thielen was for him there. But uh, the, the receiver's role is going to be a lot bigger this year. Um, and the thing I think that excites me the most about Case Keenum is 
the the Vikings, Dalvin Cook went down early, right? And so yep. Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray were their kind of their backs. I think the Broncos have what's equivalent to that in their backfield. So I think he can have similar success. And the Vikings offensive line wasn't great either. I mean uh, – Better than it had been in, in previous years, but – yeah, but it, it wasn't perfect. And one, one thing Case Keenum does well is extend plays. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he holds on to the football, but he does it to make a play. And he may have to do that because the one thing I'm not sure of is I don't know or I don't think the Broncos line got any better. So uh, if it did get better, great. I think Case Keenum will be really good. If it's the same, I think you're right. It's like you just hope for him to be better than – kind of average yeah and that might be good enough too if depending on yeah you know depending the on the defense doesn't take a big step back so yeah right. I mean, sorry we'll i got us off the track no that's quite all right um so yeah next item of news this is important news uh the nfl network today this morning actually was replaying the 2015 afc championship and i have a question for you is that the best non-super bowl Denver Broncos game that you've ever seen? And if not, what is the best one? Ooh, that's a good question because uh, watching Tom Brady lose in the AFC Championship game will always be one of my favorite games. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would agree. Man, I mean, the AFC Championship game against um, the Steelers for the Broncos' first Super Bowl mm. appearance. I remember being great, but maybe my one of my favorite games is because I was at the game was when uh, the Broncos. It's that same season, 2015 season. Oh, Broncos yeah, the Sunday night games with Brock Osweiler. Uh, I went to that game. It was fucking freezing cold, <laughs> yeah. which I didn't even want to go to the game because it was going to be so cold. Uh, it, you know, it went into overtime and the Broncos end it with the CJ Anderson touchdown. And I was like, holy shit, this team might have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I thought that game was better. Maybe in that it was more exciting. The Probably, championship yeah. game as awesome as it was. It was like the Broncos got started out with a, with the lead. They had the two Owen Daniels touchdowns, mm -hmm. Tom Brady. I mean, they sacked him a bunch of times they were all over him but the Patriots almost came back and won that game yeah and that's the one thing like I don't like about it I wish the Broncos just would <laughs> fucking put the like stamp that game as dominating it but that, that just wasn't yeah. the season um but I mean it's great I uh I actually watched that game on uh the airplane it was two years ago. My wife and I went on our honeymoon, and we got on the plane, and it was just playing that game. And I was like, "This is fucking perfect. <laughs> this is the best game." Like they couldn't put anything better on the the free TV for us today. Just perfect synchronicity, right? I think that was actually like it's fun to watch that game in hindsight, knowing how everything turned out, especially right. you know two weeks after too. But it was one of the most uncomfortable games to watch live. I think. Yeah. That was, like, I don't know if I've ever been more on edge for, like, three hours. Like, I don't know how many of us actually expected to win that game. Uh, right. But you know that, like, it's at home and everything could happen. Anything could happen. Um, much better than being on the road in New England um, where I don't think, you know, we probably would have played quite the same. I don't think Peyton Manning would have had, 
you know, the same game. But it was kind of just like, all right, we've got a lead, and now we're going to try to play keep away for, like, two and a half quarters. Right. And it worked. But <laughs> it was uh, – It worked. But you're right. No, it was a, it was a nail-biter. You yeah. could see the Patriots coming back at the end. Uh, and it was a lot less stressful than the actual Super Bowl because – Oh, yeah. When, I think after, like, the, the first – strip sack on cam newton i was like the defense has this they're gonna have it today mm-hmm. as long as the offense doesn't fuck up they're gonna win this game the afc championship game i wasn't certain the broncos would win until the game was over so i think you're yeah. right and we wouldn't yeah we wouldn't think about it the same way if they had lost the super bowl too because obviously two years before uh right. they played better they played much better against the patriots uh they kind of that game was like barely a contest in 2013 um, where Manning hit, you know, Demarius Thomas for for a touchdown. I think he hit, you know, threw a touchdown to Jacob Tammy. And Tom Brady didn't really do a whole lot. I think he ran for a touchdown. But uh, the Broncos, like, dominated the, the time of possession. So that was a much more, like, fun, easy game to watch. But knowing how everything turned out two weeks later, it's like, yeah. you know, I don't I don't care about this game anymore. I'll never watch that again. No, it's, a, it's almost like a bad memory. Oh, no. I, would, I don't remember watching that Super Bowl for the first time, to be honest. Oh, I do. I think I, I, think I uh, repressed everything past uh, the Percy Harvin kickoff return. So I, had, <laughs> I had a bunch of people over, and oh, man. all just felt sorry for me, and it was just <laughs> everybody to fucking leave except my – Except Jess and my best friend Greg, who are Broncos fans, which is like everybody just needs to go so I can be miserable, as, yeah. as I, so I can be as miserable as I want to be. Yeah, I mean, I kind of did the opposite. Like our family had, I think it was like me, my dad, and my brother, and my brother might have had a friend over who wasn't like a didn't really have a team, just wanted to watch with us, and <laughs> we all just got super depressed uh, <laughs> by the second quarter. And then, so my dad floated out the idea for Super Bowl 50, like, oh, let's have, you know, let's have a ton of people over, you know, let's have extended family and friends. And I'm like, no, that's a terrible idea. I know, like, (laughs) I know how things happened two years ago, but sure enough, he ignored my advice and invited a bunch of people over. And for, you know, uh, to his credit, things worked out. So it was a fun time. Um, Yeah, that's good. Would have been bad. Wouldn't have wanted to see uh, all my relatives, you know, punch a punch a hole through the TV. Uh, had it had it been reversed, had it been twenty four to ten, Carolina. But yeah, but luckily, then they could have they could have punched a hole through the TV, and you could have recorded it and put it on oh, YouTube, and everybody yeah. like, oh, watch these Broncos fans destroy their TV after the Broncos lose the Super Bowl. Yeah, ten billion ten billion views on YouTube. Yeah, every playoffs now that's like the thing after. Yeah. Is just a compilation of fans, and I think like half of them are doing it just to make those videos, and they probably make enough money off that one video to buy their TV back. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, I have to trash this $200 Samsung, you know, 36 inch, but you know, I'm gonna do it for the Vine, as they say, even though that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, Vine's dead, man. Yeah, I'm sorry, I need to, I need to get back into the 2018s over here, but yeah, as far as like best games I think I, I would have to I always kind of bring up that regular season game with with Brock Osweiler too just because that was just you know so magical that was the um, peak of Brock's career 
it sure was two games in. That was he's he never been as right there, and yeah. he didn't know it. Well, nope. <laughs> if I were Brock Osweiler, I'd say the peak of my career is when Houston paid me a shit ton of money. Yeah, to barely play quarterback and then that win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, got a Super Bowl ring out of it. Got paid. Life's not life's not terrible for Brock Osweiler. He lives in Miami now. Oh, does he? Yeah, I mean, he's he's the backup for uh, Ryan Tannehill. In, oh, in oh shit! I didn't even know he landed it. Maybe I did. I just forgot. Yeah, I think uh, Adam Gase wanted him back for. I mean, that makes whatever sense. reason. That's a good fit, I guess. Supposedly, uh, I think backup quarterback is the best job to have. I yeah, I'd say. I mean, if we're going to rank, like, the best jobs in sports, I'd say backup quarterback is up there as well as, uh, like, relief pitcher. Like, right. uh, I'm going to go in, like, for one batter for, like, a, for like a lefty-righty matchup um, in, the, in, the, in the bottom of the sixth, and you won't see me again for three days. Right. And it's like, if you're a backup quarterback, you go in the game, nobody expects you to win. Right. If your team has the lead, they're just like, don't fuck up. You're like, I got Yeah, you'll, sh- you'll hand off the ball, throw some keep screen calling, passes. Yeah, keep calling runs. Yeah. Unless you're Nick Foles, and you're like, well, I'll just go ahead and win the goddamn Super Bowl and then go back yeah, to a go. backup role. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was kind of surprised, too, because uh, allegedly, like, the, the Browns offered, uh, I think, a second-round pick to the Eagles before they traded for Tyrod Taylor for Nick Foles. And the Eagles just said no. And yeah, I think the Eagles, the Eagles over in, they're in, they were in salary cap uh, trouble. They were before free agency started. They were over the cap, so I think probably some of that has to do with them trying to manage their money for this season. Uh, but I'm surprised you wouldn't take like a high draft pick for him. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, with the uncertainty with Carson Wentz, I, I guess it makes sense, too, uh, to have a guy, you know, if Carson can't go um, week one through four or whatever the fuck they're saying. Yeah, because he injured his ACL, like, week 14, really late in the season. It was that game against the Rams. So those things, uh, yeah, they, they tend to take a while to heal. Um, I've never torn my ACL myself, but – I have, Will. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for your service. But uh, that's <laughs> – That's why, like, when – and it sucks, but, like, when people – like, in terms of injuries, it takes a long time before your knee's ready to go again. And, yeah. But it's not, like – it's not a devastating thing. Like, your athletes have so many better resources than I had, and I recovered just fine, and I had multiple surgeries on my knee. So I don't – I used to feel really sorry for players when they'd tear their ACL, but after like you do it, you're like, ah, it sucks. And I don't like to see players get hurt, but I'm like, they get a whole year off of being fucking hit by Fair. players. Let that thing rehab. And maybe, you know, it extends their career because they yeah. their fucking body for a year. Yeah. Not the worst thing. If you're getting paid, if you're like a guy's like on the fringe of the roster, then it really sucks. Yeah. Um, no, that's where it's devastating for players. Yeah. Is yeah. Guys trying to make teams. And it's not like Carson Wentz is going to be fine. You know what I mean? He was a star. He's their quarterback. It's not going to affect yeah. him. It's not going to affect his bank account. He, uh, he sh- yeah, he should have been the MVP last year, I think. Oh, yeah. He was on, he was on his way to do it. Yeah. I, I, like, even with the injury, I think he should 
still have been the MVP over Tom Brady. Uh, anybody should be it over Tom. That's fair. That's fair. I'd yeah. No, I'd I'd pick like I would you know cast my vote for Trevor Simeon over. <laughs> I would too. Thomas Thomas Edward Patrick Brady last season. Yeah, just write in write in anybody. Yeah, <laughs> Bubby Brister. Bubby forever, man. Yeah. Okay, so you kind of answered this question already, um, and you you said the the Sunday night game against the Patriots with Brock Osweiler. But I was going to talk about like the best. Broncos games that we've personally attended. Um, any other any other uh, memorable games that you were in the crowd for that you can remember clearly? Dating uh, back, I don't. Yeah, and I, I don't go to a lot of games. Um, I was before when Manning was a, a, an Indianapolis Colt. We went to the game for my birthday, and I watched him just dismantle the Broncos in the second half. And I was like, this guy is fucking unstoppable. Uh, the I was at the the Broncos Raiders game when Shanahan iced Janikowski. Oh, I was at that game too. That was my uh, that was my first game. Oh shit! So that game yeah. was pretty cool. That was a great because, game. Uh, I think most people in the crowd thought the game was over. Yeah, because yeah, was, like I was the one guy in my area paying attention. Yeah. Like no, no, you call the timeout. It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, yeah! So I felt like I led the, the cheer right there. Uh, and then icing became a thing after that. Yeah, and it, it, it's been thoroughly annoying since. But, you know, yeah. I think we were on the right side of history. So, no, that was, that was a great game. Uh, that was the one that I was going to mention. Because uh, I, I usually see them play the Raiders uh, just because – I've seen them play the Raiders in Denver twice. My first game was there in 2007. Uh, the last game I've been to was – Actually, the game that they lost to the Raiders at home in 2015 oh, okay. uh, with Osweiler, they didn't even score a touchdown. Uh, yeah. It was kind of lame, but, you know, given how the rest of the season went, um, I'm okay with it. And then, like, I saw um, I saw Manning play in Oakland three times. Like, I saw that Thursday night game. I saw the game where he threw, like, five touchdowns. Uh, and, like, the game where they got that gif of Brock Osweiler, like, doing this thing. <laughs> right, yeah. But to come in in the second half. Uh, and then the game where Chris Harris had that pick six late. Oh, yeah. That yeah. game was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I the whole was... game was shitty, but then yeah. won. That was sick. Uh, yeah, no. That was that game was crazy because, like, right as Derek Carr threw that pass, because um, Alameda in, in the Bay Area is very close to some Air Force bases, and there was, like, a there's a plane that flew, like, directly overhead the stadium. Um, Oh, and cool. you couldn't hear anything. And right as the play started, like this plane goes overhead and everybody was kind of like watching that. And then you look back at the field and, oh, Chris Harris is running the other way with the ball. That and is like, that's oh, hey. the no fly zone. The plane flies exactly. over. What happens? Chris hey. picks, picks off sense. their car. Yeah. Were you at the game where uh, against the Raiders uh, where C.J. Anderson uh, made that like – I think it was a yeah. like, wing pass and had that long ass touchdown run. That basically yeah, I, w- I was yeah, that was that was awesome. Uh, yeah, that was like that was his first touchdown, um, and we had kind of like forgot about him since like the 2013 preseason. Right, because um, he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, and he was playing. That was awesome because he was playing like in front of a bunch of his family and friends uh, because yeah. he played it. You know, he's from the Bay Area and played at Cal. You know, just down the road, so. That was that was huge. That was um, 
yeah, they're kind of in trouble like at that point in the game, and yeah. then they just went on a roll after that. Do you uh, wear Do you wear Broncos clothes to the game? I do. Yeah. So I was nervous the first time uh, because like the first game in Oakland I went to, it was like that Thursday night in 2012. I didn't know what to expect. Like the Raiders were terrible that year. I think that was like one of their Carson Palmer years. I mean, you know, they've, they're right. terrible most years um, that I've been alive at least. And um, so I wore, uh, I wore like a Terrell Davis blue Jersey because, you know, Navy blue kind of doesn't stand out too much. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, maybe it won't get me shoved into a bathroom or like, you know, pushed down a row of seats. Uh, and it turned out all right. Like, I think they're just like, so like downtrodden and like, so like, so just like um, out of it at that point in the season that they like didn't really care. Like you, you get a few booze walking from the parking lot to the stadium uh, and some, some shit talk to you by like barely coherent. Raiders fans right um, but, you know they're fine and then I started wearing my uh my Vaughn Miller jersey uh for the last two games and we didn't really get any trouble too um until like the 2015 game when the Raiders were they're like they're kind of decent at that point I think they were like I think they, had they won that game they would have had a winning record so the crowd was way more into it and that game was actually a contest for most of it so they got a little rowdy but still you know they were you know they treated us fine nobody stabbed um, you no i mean not you know i, I didn't feel anything at least um, <laughs> maybe cool. like a, a prison shank in the back that i, I might have just taken out and you know tossed aside but yeah no nothing nothing too disastrous i mean my, my dad tells me stories about like when he went during like the the rich gannon years and he saw some broncos fan just get like pummeled in the bathroom yeah. And yeah, he wouldn't let uh, uh, my older brother who went with him or him like wear jerseys at that point. Um, but you know, we're all, we're all grown men. We're all roughly six feet. We can take care of ourselves. I think, I think. So yeah. luckily we never had to, you know, we never, never had to deal with anything too severe. No. Yeah. See, like I'm five, seven, so uh, I'm not going to be able to take care of myself. Oh, I feel like you any, any out situation of outside of one-on-one fight. And even yeah. then the odds are against me. <laughs> my best, hand -to -hand my best ta tactic in a fight is run because yeah. it's small and fast. And that is my defense mechanism. Or, you know, aim for the testicles like Draymond Green. Right which I have uh, – usually it's just my eye line for nut shots. <laughs> yeah, you can just send them, send them the fist. Um, so, yeah, should we, should we transition to the rest of the NFL? Yep, we'll finish off the NFL. We probably, probably ran way too long. Yeah, we're running really late. <laughs> so we'll go through the NFL stuff pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. And, again, this is a work in progress. We're figuring this out. That's um, right. Keep that in mind, folks before you send us in the hate mail. Right. Uh, yeah, so the first thing you had on there was the Brandon Marshall signing a one-year, $2 million deal with the Seahawks. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I made a video about that yesterday. Uh, I thought it was an interesting signing for the Seahawks. Uh, I think, if, personally, I think if Brandon Marshall stays healthy, he's a great signing for the Seahawks. Yeah. Because athletically, he's still a freak. Um, but the question here is, like, are you surprised that he signed somewhere before Des Bryant did? Because Des Bryant's 29, Brandon Marshall's 34 years old. Right, right, right. Um, 
You know what? I am a little bit. Um, I don't think that Des Bryant, if you know, if Des Bryant's price point was one year, two million dollars, I think he probably would have found a home by now. Right. Uh, but he's probably asking for a little bit more, which I feel is understandable. Um, being, yeah. Right. Uh, but the receiver market's not very good right now, or well, for the receivers, I should say. Um, yeah, it's not a great time to be a free agent. Um, no. But you know what? I, I like Brandon Marshall with the Seahawks. Um, we'll get to see him in Denver week one right? Uh, when the Broncos played the Seahawks. And I think I was reading that that's the first time that Brandon Marshall will be back in Denver since uh, they traded him to Miami back in – Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know we've played him – we played him in Miami, and then we probably played him in Chicago along the way. If this were the Dan Patrick show, that would be the stat of the day. Would it? Yes. Because okay. I had no idea he'd never been back here. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to create a, a graphic, except we'll have to find a different name. No, so we'll, just, we'll, just use, we'll just use the Dan yeah. Patrick Yeah, the Dan Patrick stat of the day. Um, right. That'll be fun to watch. Uh, with Des Bryant, I mean, I'm just surprised there's not a team out there that won't take him. I think yeah. he's – Still got enough where he can be an effective wide receiver. Um, I don't know, especially somewhere like fucking like Detroit, where you got a good quarterback who, if you got a guy out there like Des Bryant, is going to mm-hmm. make plays. Detroit, I mean, Green Bay, you could put him in a lot of places, not yeah, just think, in the NFC yeah. North, but in a lot of places yeah. where I feel like he'd make an impact. Yeah. Chicago, Minnesota, all those northern teams. Any one of them could fucking use <laughs> yeah. Des Bryant. Yeah, I mean, Mike, like the thing I was thinking about too is like I feel like a lot of teams would probably feel the same way that we would, where it's like, um, would Des Bryant help the Broncos? And you'd say probably yes. However, would you want to sign him and delay like the development of guys like right. Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Carlos Henderson? Yeah. Well, after the Broncos draft, it's like no. I think yeah. You should be excited about the future of the Broncos receiving core, but also the Broncos in Demarius Thomas have a similar receiver already to Des Bryant. Some Uh, would say better. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think DT is going to have a a good year. So I think Des just needs to wait for a fucking injury to happen. And I think Des should get paid what he's worth too. I mean, I guess there's, uh, I hate saying the word character issues because I think it's a fucking um, it's lazy. I think yeah. Des Bryant has, I would say maybe attitude problems. Uh, I think that's that, more accurate. Yeah. That teams are worried about with chemistry, which is fair. But if Des Bryant has to play for like wide receiver league minimum, I think it's uh bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of a, <laughs> it's, it's wild because if you think about it, like if, you know, Green Bay signed him for, you know, the same deal as Brandon Marshall, one year, $2 million. Would you be surprised to see him catch like 14 touchdowns from Aaron no. Rodgers? Like no, not at all. Go somewhere with a good quarterback, <laughs> yeah. which is a huge reason I think Brandon Marshall will be successful with Russell Wilson. I think that's right. a great quarterback for him uh, because Marshall's, in addition to being like the athletic freak that he is, he's been in the league long enough, so he's a smart receiver. So when guys like Russell Wilson extend plays, he mm-hmm. knows how to find the open parts of the field for Russell Wilson to make those plays. 
So I think Des Bryant just needs to play with a, a good quarterback because he will – a good quarterback will, will make Des as good as he can be. And I think he's still got enough in the tank to, like you said, if, with Aaron Rodgers – Right. You know, in the red zone, he would be a, a huge threat for that team. Yeah, especially for a team that uh, got rid of Jordy Nelson. Right. You get a guy that's a little bit younger, uh, probably still a little bit more athletic. Like you have Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb, but neither of those guys are like huge targets um, that you'd want to like, you know, throw a fade to in the red zone or like a back shoulder pass. Yeah. I mean, so Cobb's, Cobb would essentially be like the, their slot. And- yeah. Is what he Devontae, should be. I think Devontae Adams is going to have his biggest season yet. And yeah. I think he would like having an older veteran guy like Dez next to Devontae Adams would be a great pairing. Um, but they left, they let Jordy Nelson go because of money. And the question is like, is Jordy Nelson losing a step? And that's the same thing people are saying about Dez Bryant, right? Like, the both of them received the same criticism in that they couldn't get separation from guys and all this other bullshit. So I think they might even look at like Dez as having like the same uh, skill set as Jordy Nelson, even though they're a little bit different as receivers. Yeah, might be the case. I mean, uh, I wrote about it a couple of days ago that he said on his own Instagram, someone on uh, Instagram commented on like a video he took of his son playing flag football, like Des, where do you want to play? Oh yeah. It said 49ers. And I'm yeah. like, that makes a lot of sense actually. Like they don't have a, a super experienced wide receiver core. Like they have some players. They have Garcon, um, right? Yeah. They have Garcon coming back and they have like Marquise Goodwin and Trent Taylor. Uh, they drafted Dante Pettis, who I, I really like out of Washington. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they don't have, like, a true, like, clear-cut number one guy. And, you know, who knows if, like, Des Bryant is still that. But, like, he could, you know, definitely command a lot of targets uh, and help out, a, you know, a guy who's only played, what, like, eight games in Jimmy Garoppolo. At right. This and I think, uh, I think yeah. Garoppolo is going to be good. So, yeah, I I think, yeah I, that would be a good – I think it would be a nice fit there as well. Yeah, so uh, moving on to another young quarterback who may or may not be good. Uh, I read something about Josh Allen that he's been drawing some some big time rave reviews at Bills OTAs. That is, of course, according to uh, quarterback guru Chris Sims. So, do you think Josh Allen is actually going to have a decent rookie season if he starts? No. Uh, or is this just <laughs> well, yeah? Is this just like him looking good in shorts? Ah, <laughs> uh, man. I mean, this is kind of tough. I didn't. I did not want the Broncos to draft Josh Allen. Neither did I. We obviously know he has the athletic skill set to be a good quarterback. Mm, he uh, is tall, as people have mentioned. And um, he said and done the right things this off season for him, talking about working on his footwork to improve his accuracy. But I'm kind of under the the opinion: if you struggle with ball placement in college, you're going to fucking struggle with it in the NFL. Yeah, it's not going to get easier. Your anticipation has to be better. Um, and they say you can teach those things, but I don't think you have ever said that about a guy and it's been true. Like what quarterback is a good example of them being like, well, he was not very good. He, his accuracy wasn't great in college. And then he turned out to be uh, one of the most accurate best quarterbacks <laughs> ever played a game. It's um, not. Yeah. To be honest, no one is coming to mind. Uh, well, I mean, let's, let's be fair. Like he played in the, the juggernaut of a, of a college football conference in the Mountain West. 
right. uh, such football powerhouses as San Diego State, Fresno State, <laughs> Nevada, um, New Mexico. There you go. Some yeah, some some tough defenses. Uh, and I think the only thing to his credit that I will say is that they ran like a very pro style system at Wyoming and they like actually threw the ball down the field. And a lot of quarterbacks just have like high completion percentages in college because they're throwing they're doing short passes. passes. Yeah, passes behind the line of scrimmage and little bubble screens and whatnot. Um, and he didn't have a lot of talent at Wyoming. Like Yeah, in his second year. That's why a lot of people say, uh, well, the season before, was he a junior? Did he come out as a junior or senior? Uh, I think a junior. So his sophomore season, everybody was very high on him. Yeah. But I yeah. like he had better wide receiver talent that season, right? Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, here's my opinion on college quarterbacks. I think any of them can come out and be good, and any of them could be a fucking bust. And uh, hot, I think Josh take. Allen has just as good of a chance to be as good as any other quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Um, but I'm not sold on the idea that he's an NFL quarterback. Uh, the main thing being like. I don't know what his mental makeup is. And I think that is yeah. the most important factor in playing at the NFL level. Um, but I don't want to say I think he's dumb because I don't, but I, I'm not sure he's the, maybe, the he's going to be there cerebrally. Yeah. And he went to yeah. Buffalo where I'm not sure <laughs> have the, the kind of help that he actually needs to be successful. Right. That's, that's, that's a part of it. That's definitely a part of it. Yeah, he seems like he's uh, maybe like on uh, – yeah, I wouldn't call him dumb either, but he's he seems like kind of a simple kind of guy. Which yeah, maybe, you I, know, that's kind of – it could be good for a quarterback. Who knows? He might turn out to be Phillip Rivers, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's like Terry Bradshaw who <laughs> can like bar- barely spell his own name and still, you know, come up with four Super Bowl rings at the, at the end of it all. That's true. Um, but yeah, you know what? Uh, I was a little, <laughs> I was getting a little nervous. Like my palms were getting a little sweaty when the Broncos were uh, were up and Josh Allen was still available. Yeah, that was um, that was scary. I want to like if they're going to take another quarterback, I would have preferred that they took the other Josh, Josh Rosen. Yeah. I think Josh Rosen has mo- one of the best chances to be good at the NFL level out of all. Of yeah, them. yeah. I, you know, I was watching him since like his freshman year. And he would have been, I think, easily the number one pick had he come, had he been able to come out uh, his first year. So, you know, right. I, I liked, you know, I like what I saw out of him. Uh, I'm kind of split on Darnold and then Lamar Jackson, you know, who knows as well. So, you know, we'll see. We'll uh, I'm excited happens. to see, you know, that's, that's like the really fun part about the preseason and the only reason to watch is the rookie quarterbacks in my opinion yeah now you get start to get a, a feel for how far along they are and uh what like i think having a bunch of rookie quarterbacks start during the season makes it interesting too uh, yeah absolutely i think the last two years we have been given kind of uh false expectations in that deshaun watson was fucking awesome yeah Carson wentz turned out to be awesome Mm-hmm. Jared Goff looked like a bust, but then we learned, oh, he might be he might be pretty good. Yeah, now it turns out Jeff Fisher's not that good. <laughs> and I would have I would have assumed based on you know what I follow in the NFL, and I don't follow college football closely, but 
people thought Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota were locks, you know, in that these are definitely first round guys and uh, Goff and Wentz, they went in the first, but I felt like the support of them being good was a lot smaller than what I saw for Winston and Mariota. Right. And um, Deshaun Watson, I thought was a first round pick just based on what I watched him do in the national championship game. But, you know, uh, what, what, when was he selected? What number? He was – he's around 10-ish or, like, 10? maybe a little bit. I know the Texans traded, traded up. up. Yeah, I think he was after Mahomes, I think. Um, so, it's like everybody thinking that this year's quarterback class had, you know, four or five first-round picks. I feel like they're all set up to – Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. based on it being the opposite of what everybody believes. Yeah, I think you might get like a – oh, what were they? Let's say five guys. I was going to say like 50% return rate, but that's um, not really possible with five. Numbers game. Yeah, well, we're not math guys on, on this podcast. So I'll big. just say like some – yeah, I'll just say some of them will be good, you know. <laughs> and also some of them will be bad. There you go. That's the yeah. best analysis you're going to get. I'm not, I'm not a hot take guy, but I'm going to, you know – throw that take out there some will Um, be good probably some will be bad probably you you heard it here first (laughs) uh yeah so we got more quarterback news um not exactly a young quarterback but joe namath uh broadway joe turned 75 years young today Uh, my question for you is where does he rank not in like the best quarterbacks of all time because i don't know that's kind of a tired debate but where does he rank among the coolest quarterbacks of all time Oh, he's top three. I think so. He did it. He was cool when I think it was, like, hard to be cool. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe it was easy because all you had to do is, like, give the impression that you were having a lot of sex with a lot of girls and then guarantee a Super Bowl win. Yeah. I don't think he was just giving the impression that he was having a lot of sex. No, he definitely was. Yeah. 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 But, you know, uh, yeah, I think it probably might have been harder to be cool back then just because, like, he looked so dumb with, like, that, like, single bar – face mask back in the 60s <laughs> right and like you know the and jerseys like barely fit and you couldn't say anything like remotely controversial yeah like, we could you could do really con- you could do a bunch of stuff that you couldn't do today like he was probably like out drinking the night before the super bowl i'm sure right. uh, and, like spending the week before just doing whatever he wanted because you know people like respected other people's privacy back right. then and wouldn't upload a picture of you know, Joe Namath poolside to Twitter. Yeah, there weren't like a hundred cell phones in a bar showing right. getting yeah. lit before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'd see like pictures of Ken Stabler at like five thirty a.m. on like his <laughs> on like his eighteenth Corona light uh, of the evening. Right. And, yeah, and like suddenly that's all over Twitter, and he's got like a he's got like a one p.m. game to get to. Still, somehow wins the game. Yeah, I wish football was a little time. more like that now. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we can get Johnny Manziel back in the NFL. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, he, he kind of got a bad rap for that, which, you know, fair, maybe. Um, I don't know if they're going to let that fly over in Hamilton, um, if I know re- anything can, about the Canadians. He can make a name for himself in Canada now. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I hit. I might tune into a Tiger Cats game this summer. Who knows? I'd watch one just to see. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm rooting I, for his comeback. Like I am too. Yeah, because I like I listened to that interview he had on Part of My Take, and he seems like he's really genuine and sincere about you know like owning up to his past. Yeah, he, he was dealing comeback. with some demons. Yeah, uh, clearly. I think um, it's hard because at the time, like. I was like, this guy's not going to make it in the NFL. The Browns are stupid for drafting him. Like, I've never been more certain about a quarterback <laughs> not making it as I was about Johnny Manziel. Yeah. I think I thought he was just like a, like a douche or a, a tool. And he kind of was, but he's also dealing with being bipolar and mm-hmm. substance abuse. And I have sympathy for guys going through problems like that. Like, I'm not going to shit on guys dealing with – yeah, big issues because you never know everybody's full story. And so when they're open about the stuff they're going through, like if you're not rooting for him to, to make it past that, you're probably just an asshole. So, <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Uh, I hope he plays well. I don't know if he'll ever get a shot in the NFL, but if he plays well in Canada, he may, he may get a shot in the XFL or the AAFL or whatever the other leagues may end up being one day. And he would be an entertaining draw at the at the very least. Yeah, I think so. You know, if he puts it together, I think he's up there for one of the the coolest quarterbacks. If he can get get everything straightened out. Um, as far as the other cool quarterbacks, though, I think it's really hard to argue with Elway. Um, and that's you know, I don't think that's us being homers either. Like, I, I think Elway is just pretty objectively cool. I think he was always cool on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I would say Dan Marino was cooler than John Elway. You think so? How many movies was Elway in with Jim Carrey? That's Zero. fair. Oh, how many, uh, like, uh, like, what was that, like, football that you could throw, like, 100 yards uh, the, that John Elway was in a commercial for? Tail, the fucking... Yeah, like the Vortex or something? Vortex. Yeah. yeah. I've thrown those, and it's true. Like, you feel like John Elway. Yeah, you can fucking launch those things. Yeah. I didn't see any commercials with Dan Marino in that, so I don't know. Okay, fair enough. And then, you know, Joe Montana's nickname was literally Joe Cool, so. Yeah, but I never thought Joe Montana was, like, like actually cool. No, not really. Uh, he seems, like, like, cool in, like, demeanor. But, like, if I could choose to be any NFL quarterback, I don't know if I'd be Joe Montana. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, like he could like barely throw the ball like thirty yards. What would be right now like current NFL quarterbacks? If you had to pick one, who huh. is like the least cool? Uh, I think it comes down to probably like Eli or Philip Rivers. I would go Andy Dalton. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, well, Andy Dalton like in his first two years before he like got that like cool guy haircut, where he like gels his hair now. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean Dalton's not very cool. Um, I, I wouldn't say Kirk Cousins is very cool either. Oh, no. He's, he's, he's a fucking nerd. Um, it's just that he's a good quarterback, and yeah. it's like hard to tell with these guys. Russell Wilson, probably one of the least cool quarterbacks. Uh, I that thought I that too. Still. I thought that too until he kind of responded to my uh, diarrhea tweet. So. Oh, did he? Yeah. He, what did he say? Well, he made this video on Twitter, and it was very – Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was going to make fun of it. <laughs> he called his alter ego Mr. Unlimited. And he kept saying Mr. Unlimited. And he was like, what do you want to be unlimited with? And he was answering all these questions. I was like, well, what you wouldn't want to be uh, unlimited with diarrhea. <laughs> the next day, his dog 
shit all over its cage. And at the end of the thing, you said, Mr. Unlimited Diarrhea. Unlimited Diarrhea. So I was like, that's either a coincidence or he thought it was funny. So he's, his cool factor went up from very low to middle for me. Might he have possibly orchestrated the whole event? You think it was an inside job? His dog spraying diarrhea all over the place? Like maybe he fed his dog some Taco Bell? <laughs> Just and to get like, that? He's like, yeah, the people on Twitter are going to love this. <laughs> I don't know. You know. But at the same time, like he has a super hot wife. Uh, he's still got that kind of like feud going with future. Um, oh, yeah. Know. Every time, yeah. Every time they go to Atlanta, uh, I think future shows up on the sideline or something and, and roots against Russell Wilson, which, you know, it's a bold move to openly right. root against, um, your, your ex-wife's of, husband. <laughs> and speaking of Atlanta, Matt Ryan's not like a cool quarterback. No, no. I mean, yeah, he's, he's got a good cool nickname in Matty ice, but he's it's not true. cool. No, um, yeah, I mean, he's the richest quarterback now, so I think that makes him pretty yeah. cool. Matt um, Stafford's probably one of the cooler ones. I'd say, yeah, I'd say Stafford, Rodgers. Rodgers is, cool. is probably the coolest. Yeah, I think Rodgers, like, if we're, you know, if we're going to, like, rank them, I think Rodgers has probably cool. been with the most women. Oh, at least think. the most famous women, too. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, like, I was, yeah, he goes, yeah, he's with Dana, Danica Patrick now. Uh, Olivia Previous, Mon before. Yeah, previously Olivia Mon. And um, Roseanne Barr, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. he loves, you know, women that are staying relevant and in the news. So. <laughs> also, like, yeah, Jimmy G, too, I think. Oh, yeah, he's, he's got the, a chance. He's a kid on the block. He's got a chance. I think Deshaun Watson has a chance. Yeah, yeah. Cam Newton had that chance. He kind of – he's he yeah. off that – I think he, I think people see him as like kind of a weirdo more than yeah. cool. It's uh, like the way he like types in that weird script he has in like the 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 post game outfits. Yeah, the post game. And when when Yikes. you lose Oikos yogurt as your sponsor, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't even keep a yogurt sponsor. Not cool. <laughs> Not cool. Yeah, at all. you know how are you gonna like get Gatorade on your side if you can't even keep some fucking Greek yogurt? Well, yeah. I think we answered that question. Yeah, I think we, I think we exhausted the cool quarterback debate. Um, so, yeah, last NFL topic. Um, we'll try to get through this one kind of quickly. Yeah, um, but wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Thomas and Demarius Randall were both on Twitter yesterday. And so Demarius Randall originally tweeted um, that if the Warriors – or no, if the Cavaliers win in the finals – and they beat the Warriors, he'll give everyone who retweets his tweet like a, a signed – either a Cavs or Warriors jersey. Right. Yeah, I don't think – It was a signed Steph Curry jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he got like thousands upon thousands of retweets, as you would imagine. Right. Uh, and so Joe Thomas, the newly retired left tackle for the Browns, future Hall of Famer, quote tweeted that tweet and said that if the – Warriors win the finals. Okay. Right. Keep in he mind would the, get the Steph Curry jersey. I, yeah. I don't know what Randall did. Yeah. Keep in mind that the Warriors are minus 1,200 to win the series. And yeah. they, yeah, they've beaten the Cavs two out of the last three finals. No, yeah. I think in your article about it, you said <laughs> Joe Thomas would go bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he will. He will he if he goes through with it. 
Uh, yeah, I so said like that or like the other option is like get all these jerseys knockoff from China for like right. five dollars each. Five, I don't know, five yen. I don't know what the exchange rate is. Um, but yeah, and then it's like you pick up a sharpie and like forge one hundred seventy-two thousand Steph Curry That's signatures. A lot. a lot of signatures. Yeah, I mean, you probably go like bankrupt just just trying to ship all those jerseys too the shipping costs alone it'd be through the roof yeah i think I the question yeah. we both had though is was joe thomas just gonna sign the steph curry jerseys yeah i mean like you know, steph curry gets like a hundred you know a hundred thousand jerseys on his doorstep like please sign these by tuesday right he just like throws that box in the trash i think <laughs> he'd have to like i don't have time for this I have a family to raise. I have, you know, his basketball. career would just be over. He would just be yeah. in jersey for the rest of his life. Yeah, he'd be out for the year with Carpal Tunnel. Let me look exactly how many tweets Joe Thomas got. Okay. And then we will end this bitch. Yes. Joe Thomas had a... Dang, he tweets a lot. Mm. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty outspoken. Someone oh, yeah. See. Too outspoken. Uh, okay, so right now, as it stands, Joe Thomas, uh, when, <laughs> when the Warriors win, he has 256,000 jerseys to um, sign, Jesus to God. have signed and ship. Yeah, he said, like, game-worn jerseys, too. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not an expert here, but I don't think Steph Curry's played 2,000 256,000 games in his yeah, career. Yeah, game, game worn jerseys. You're exactly right. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what was he thinking? I I don't know, but you it's know. It's funny. That's what it is. He has a good sense of humor. Yeah, I hope so. Um, people were comparing it to that episode of The Office, uh, Scott's Tots. Oh, yeah, where Michael Scott promises <laughs> yeah. to for their, their college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, Michael Scott, gonna make a dream comes true. Yeah, and he gives them all, like, laptop batteries at the end, which yeah. I'd, I'd take that. At this <laughs> I've point. got batteries yeah. for you. Those are, those are kind of expensive. Uh, <laughs> so, you all know, right. Joe Thomas not, not thinking that one through. Last thing, really quick, on that note, Cavs Warriors are playing game one tonight uh, in Oracle Arena in Oakland. Who's winning? I think the Cavs win. Uh, I'm sorry, the Warriors. I think the Warriors win. I was going to say. LeBron James has what two days? Of, he's gotten two days of rest. Uh, they've gotten yeah, he's gotten a day more of rest than the Warriors have. That might be the one thing that if the Cavs win one game, I think this is their best <laughs> chance, just because LeBron yeah. will be the most rested. Yeah, and yeah, they're without Andre Iguodala. Kevin Love's playing tonight, so oh, love to play. That helps. Yeah, I think the Warriors are gonna sweep this thing just because LeBron's been carrying this team, and he really is like. Unless, unless the guys around him play their best basketball, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm root like I I I've enjoyed watching this. Um, I've rooted for the Warriors. I think I'm going to root for the Cavs to win this game because unlike a lot of people, I like LeBron James. Yeah, uh, I, do I too. think I think watching what he's done as a basketball player is like once in a lifetime type of thing you get to really see because I mean, I don't know. I didn't watch a ton of basketball in the nineties when Jordan was playing, I was aware of it, but, 
if he wins this, I think it'll be extremely impressive. I think it might be like the most impressive thing he can do as a NBA player. I think it would be like the equivalent of John Elway beating the 1989 49ers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. The year where they lost 55 to 10. Right. So I think you're, I think you're spot on. Yeah, it's a tall order, but um, you know, I'm rooting for them. I don't I'm think they'll win. For but... The Cavs and LeBron. Yeah. And honestly, I would like to see this happen again next year for oh, no. oh, no. in a row to be a tiebreaker if the Cavs win it. But I don't think the Cavs will, but my heart will be with them. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd say a successful uh, test episode of the, the first edition of the That's Good Sports podcast. Is that what we're calling it, by the way? I don't know yet. <laughs> Should we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll get, we'll get to a name. For now, we'll call it That's Good Sports Podcast yeah. featuring Will Keys himself. Yes, um, no one else. And, yeah, so that was episode one. Let us know mm-hmm. what you think, how we can make it better. Probably going to work on making it shorter. Yeah, we got to get it up on podcast <laughs> places, too, to download yeah. some shit. I, you know, people always say, like, iTunes Stitcher. I, I've only used, like, iTunes before. Okay. Yeah, we got to figure that out. All right. So let us know what you think. Thanks for joining us.